This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. One? Alright, what up, High Fivers? This is your boy, High Five Tom, and I've got my good friend here, Mr. Will, now in Technicolor. And this might be a top five quickest recordings. Um, as Will, we've only been on this call for 22 minutes before we hit the record button. It's not a new record, but it's pretty fucking I thought cool. you were talking about overall, because... Because we're, 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 uh, we're uh, they're calling it road rage, but we're road raging this week. <laughs> we are, we are, but I, I'm sure we will fill, you know, the the content that I do have some things to say about this week's uh, TV episode, and I'm really trying not to rant anymore about fucking goddamn fucking Renarita joining the fucking house of fucking torture. What? Scum or house of torture? House torture. At least house of torture. All the members are there like all the time, and they're all actively involved. I don't care. Terrible. It's the worst table. In it, it feels like a step down. Like evil turning to start with was like a ooh. And then it's like, all right, they're going to do like this. They're going to do this thing. And then when they flop show, I was kind of like, ooh, that's an interesting choice. The show was maybe not necessarily like a rocket strap to him, but like show was a big deal, especially with Yona being there. And then they turned him and it's like, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling this Bullet Club show. Which I should the show is already kind of cool, so it's like the ball club thing should make him cooler. But the, the House of Torture nonsense. Because that's what it is, right? It's a bunch of nonsense and malarkey. Yeah, see if you, you know, it's like you said, it's not like the War Dogs or like the the Savage Club or whatever where Finley's trying to like get these like young, angry ruffians all banded together. I mean, the House of Torture is tying people up in the back so they can't run out and make it to their match and wrenches and dick to go. It's just not good. I mean, you know, Scum at least had Jimmy Jacobs and Steve Carino. Those were at least entertaining people. Maybe not in the best roles, but and it was only six months, knock on wood. Um, that six months felt like an eternity, though. 
Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, at least it was shorter than the Briscoe fucking Wrestling Scares Tag Team feud. The only reason that ended was Charlie that was our, that was our, that was our whole first year. Literally. Yeah, well, it's hard to imagine that we just went past the 12th anniversary of uh, Battle in Carolina. We did. You know, if only there was a place we could buy that DVD. You will watch. Oh, wait. You can't buy it on our club anymore. You know, we're, we're long gone past the buying DVDs at Shop Bonner. So here's a new thing, right? So I got a new phone a couple weeks ago. If I go to watchhonor.com, it doesn't go. I now I have to go to rwhwrestling.com and then link through the website for it to bring up the Honor Club. Yeah. Well, I mean, you will uh, hopefully be able to hear a rant about this uh, very topic here on another show uh, here on Visionaries Global Media uh, coming up this week. But uh, until that's officially confirmed, even though this will drop after that recording, we shall see. But oh, well, Will. Um, but on to some positivity. Um, how's your week been, Will? It's been a long week. And after tomorrow... It's going to be another long week because it's another seven, eight day stretch before uh, the next one. But tomorrow, as we're recording, two days ago, mm-hmm. as the episode drops, uh, it's mine and Brittany's 12th anniversary. And we're, we're counting that from the day where basically she said, Yeah. I, I think I would like to commit to like a, a seeing you kind of relationship. Oh, be, be the boyfriend girlfriend kind of deal. The day that will live in infamy. Yeah, I mean, twelve years ago. Yeah, Faith and I were on exact opposite ends of the world, literally. I was in Massachusetts, and she was in Indonesia. So I wasn't that far from you guys when that day happened, Will. No. Let's ask the Google. It would have been probably like three hours away. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Because you were in like Western Mass, right? Yep. Good old Lennox. I was like 15 minutes east of uh, Hudson, New York on the Massachusetts side. So I'm looking forward to having probably it'll probably be a wrestling free day. That's all right. There's plenty to celebrate. Also, I think we should take a moment to say a happy belated birthday to SJ. Yep. Devoted question of dishonorer. This is the part where I'd say she turned redacted years old, but she's embracing it. So happy 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. Two hours and 31 minutes, 156 miles from Lenox, Massachusetts to Gary, New Hampshire, mostly up I-90. There you go. We were so close yet so far. Yeah. I hope SJ is having fun. I don't know if the GCW show she's going to is tonight or if it's this coming 
or it's soon because she's in California now, I believe. I don't think she's left or yet. We're getting ready to go. Maybe she hasn't left yet. It's this weekend, so as the episode drops, you know, I don't know. Be a creep. Look at what she looks like on Twitter and say hi to her if you're at the GCW show. I guess I don't know. Or don't be a creep. I don't know. Yeah, I typed in Lennox, Massachusetts to, to Jakarta, Indonesia, and uh, it didn't come up with any routes. So I can't drive. No, uh, no, no direct routes to walk uh, or, uh, or drive. Hard no. to believe. Yeah, it looks like they took that ramp down. In San Francisco, that ramp where you could jump, jump, the, jump the ocean. Car can't walk. I can. Can I bike? No biking. What? So that's my week, Tom. What's new for you? Uh, I mean, uh, like we talked about, I uh, I did finish um, Wolf Sakala, the fifth installment of uh, the Dark Power series. Um, turned out pretty not too bad. I'm getting a little bit more faith in there and on that one and. Uh, I am currently reading Don't Call Me Chico, uh, Tito Santana's autobiography, which I've heard very good things of. Um, however, it's kind of funny. It's like, I'm not sure whatever Jericho book I've got, um, but this one's got a lot of, actually, um, a lot of typos. Ooh. Which is always interesting when you're reading a book. So, but whatever, you know. I mean, who did my judge? It is. I had a... I had to get a copy of a book called The Omnivore's Dilemma that's for a probably, class uh, I had in college. That's uh, Michael Pollan, right? I don't remember. Yes. I had that book. So I accidentally got a large print version, which made the typos seem even bigger. It's like, so not only has this book been reprinted so many times, it has a large print version. It's still got the typos in it. <laughs> wow. So as far as reading, I'm I gotta finish that Jane Kenyon collection, Let Evening Come. And then my my camera's actually still knock on knock on wood, camera store. So I can show Tom. I've got the Riddler year one. Written by Paul Dano. It's kind of a him getting into character to play the Riddler in the Batman. So he kind of he got the kind of the wave and the permission where so he says in like a little intro that it's not like the director's necessarily idea, but he has the director's blessing to kind of explain this is where the character developed from came from. Hmm. Yeah, well, these days I'm gonna start digging in. So if you enjoyed, oh. if you enjoyed the Batman, you should probably check it out. Or if you're more like Jim Carrey, because Jim Carrey did not like Paul Dano's The Riddler, because you know, it was too serious. You know, I hate Jim Carrey. <sighs> I feel like you brought that up before, and maybe I'm just blocking it out. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Smokus. Yeah, yeah. But I got no heat with the Riddler, so 
But uh, yeah, other than that, you gotta watch the you gotta watch the Batman. So talk about it. Oh, what was that? Sorry, it broke up on us. So I said you gotta watch the Batman, so we can we can talk about it. One of these days. So um, shout out to new friend. Uh, well, I haven't emailed him yet, but uh, in Madness Pod, they did a great episode on that. Really, along coupled with your your passion for Batman, has really kind of ignited mine. So. Um, you have to send me the link. You have to shoot me the link to that so I can actually remember to, to listen to it. I can do that right now. And uh, actually, uh, funny enough, how I got introduced to them was uh, um, they did an episode on the mist, which I have not listened to yet. Do you not want it to, to color your own opinions of the film, even though you've seen it so many times? I've only seen it once, but I finally did actually officially get my uh, my Blu-ray player fixed, working. You did. You got the, you got the new remote. Um, so I'm actually going to rewatch in the black and white version, see how that is. But uh, stay tuned, everybody. Um, we will let you know. Will and I will be doing a review. We probably should have talked that in pre-production, but uh, we'll hammer out a date. Uh, probably be sooner than later. I mean, if they're longtime listeners, they know that this is a thing that's been in the works for maybe not quite as long as this show's entire lifetime, but for a while. Yeah, but I mean, listen, we're pretty close to making it actually official. Like, I was going to ask you a date before we started, but there is the link. We're, uh, we're of two Schools. I I knew the twist before I saw the movie. I didn't. Tom know had the privilege of experiencing experience the twist live, pal. Nope. I mean, Thomas Jane, you know, primo actor. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Will. You got a bit of a leg, by the way. Oh, uh, shucks. I guess I guess we'll I'll stop the video. Damn it. Well, it was the, the it lasted longer than it usually does. So I mean, hey, it's small victories. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in uh watching that, so in the in the beginning of the movie, um, you know, we'll dig into it in our official review. But you know that painting he's painting when the tree falls through his fucking window. That's actually the gunslinger from the Dark Tower series, by the way. I you there was a bit of a bit of a lag there. Oh, when you were you were when you were talking, so I missed the first part. So somebody's the gunslinger, but I missed the the part that preceded that. In uh in the mist, the beginning there, um, you know, he's painting that painting when the the tree comes to the window. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's painting. Yeah, it's the gunslinger from the Dark Tower. Yes. Because the mist, the mist is a Stephen King thing, right? Yep, yep. It's total, and he loves the ending. He's like, "Holy fuck! I wish I would have thought of that." So, because it's directed by Frank Darabont, who also did Shawshank Redemption. Probably, well, I don't think there's any. Probably, it is the best Stephen King. Book slash novella made into a movie is Shawshank Redemption by far. I love that fucking movie. I'm a big fan of Shawshank. Brittany said it's too boring. 
know what to say about that, Will. I got her to watch uh, The Witch or The Vavitch. Oh, nice. And she said that uh, she expected it to be more gruesome, more violent. By the way, Will, you know the deepest mine in the world goes down almost four kilometers? I didn't realize Brian Knob's asshole went that deep. Ooh. That's like two and a half miles underground. You're probably wondering how I came about this information. Do you have a Snapple handy? Is that where that comes from? Uh, no. Uh, that's a good, that's, wow, that's a callback. Um, have you ever seen the movie to, uh, 2012? I feel like I would have when it came out. Better than I expected. Um, although the first time, three times I saw it was in Spanish, so I missed a bunch of it, but, uh, um, I'm currently rewatching that, but, uh, yeah, in the beginning, they're in a mine, and it's 11,000 feet underground, so I just kind of looked up how far the deepest mine is in real life, and it's, yeah, it's over two and a half miles. Some gold mine in fucking China, I think? Oh, South it's, it's staggering to think about stuff like that, right? Because you, you, you stand on the sidewalk, and you look down the street, and you say, two miles. I can see two miles. But it's all of a sudden way different when you're talking about going like up into the sky, under the water, underground. Yeah. So that is the plethora of knowledge that you get here at Ring of Honor Reverie. But uh, Will, um, the aforementioned birthday girl, um, we should probably should segue it a little earlier. Uh, but I believe we have a couple questions from Miss SJ. Uh, the soon to be forty year old. Actually, no, I think she's forty years. Yeah, as of yesterday, as we're recording. Yeah, birthday was. And and like Will said, she put that that she put the age out there. We didn't. I just want everyone to know this that if if you don't make your age public, we won't make it public. I mean, I'm forty six. I don't give a flying fuck, but. So we'll start with her first question, which was. From not quite, it wasn't before we recorded, right? I don't even remember when we recorded last time. It's that's just where I'm at mentally. But, but she wants to know if there was a Ring of Honor video game, limited edition. Who would we want to see in it? And I feel like there was a second part of that question. Limited edition video game. What wrestlers would you guys want to be featured in the game? Hmm. I'm not going to say all of them. I mean, the roster's not that deep. You could get almost all of them. I am... I mean, because I think um, the simple fact that they, I don't think they've ever had their own video game. 
Um, even though they've been, you know, wrestling for 20 years, but first two people obviously I want to see are Mark and Jay. Uh, just for the simple fact they've probably never been on a video game. Um, no, probably I don't think so. You know, other than uh, the the New Japan card collecting game. Oh. So are you are you imagining like a a wrestling video game where it's like you you uh, you wrestle to the conclusion of a match? I would assume so because I'm thinking Mario Party style game. Oh, um. Because, yeah, I'm just kind of thinking. Because uh... I feel like if we're going like the traditional wrestling game route, like you'd have the Briscoes. You'd have Red Dragon. I mean, you could almost just do like a Ring of Honor, like tag team focused game. Because, I mean, most of your. And then you could unlock other people like. You can unlock the House of Truth. You can unlock Elgin Roger Strong later. Mm. Um. Well, I mean, to kind of sidetrack a little bit here, so what wrestlers would you have that you can unlock? Would you have some old um, former Ring of Honor superstars? Can unlock like a low key, a Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. CM Punk, Small Joe. Pumpkin Joe, Nigel. Special K? No, just kidding. Nigel will be fun. Jerry Lynn? Yeah, because I mean, the last wrestling game I played was ECW, the original. That was back in That was a good game. Yeah. Yeah, I won the world title with Taz and uh, New Jack. The last wrestling game I played was I played the WWE 2K game that had Roman and Becky on the cover. That was like a, a train wreck. Hmm. Because the primary developer left partway through production. So then the other company had to like pick up the slack and like slap it together and it just wasn't good. I tried. Like I watched people's playthroughs of it and I tried playing it myself. I'm like, I can't. This is hmm. just not good. But those older games, like that ECW game, and then you have like, like No Mercy. I was a big No Mercy fan. Got a lot of hours in on that. Yeah. Doesn't look like I can get it for the Switch. Rockstar Games almost made an ECW game back in 2000. That would have been awesome. They do a great job. On the Switch, you could probably get Fight Forever. Yeah, that's the first thing that came up. <laughs> I'm good. You could take uh You could hang out with Aubrey Edwards. Yeah, let me... Uh, 
What's this 31 game collection thing? Let me beat Super Mario Brothers first. Well, what are the 30 games? Fuck you, Amazon. Yeah, there's a 31 game collection. Well, go oh, yeah. But they don't tell you what the fucking games are. No. Yeah, just buy it blind. Cock sucks. It's 30 games. You're getting your money's worth. It's like $2 per game. We do need Tetris. I don't think we've got Tetris on ours anywhere. Um, okay, back to the question. Um, so you're thinking like wrestling characters like and not an actual wrestling game? Like a Mario Kart type thing? Oh man, Mario Kart, that'd be fun too. I feel like the Briscoes could drive like a chicken coop. God, yeah. Mark and Jay. Elgin, right? could, Elgin could drive a muscle car. <laughs> what kind of uh what kind of vehicle? All right, we're gonna pivot again. So Caprice okay. Coleman could have like the, the pimp mobile or not the pimp the Pope mobile. That's funny. I do like how uh, Fred Dragon called uh, Caprice Coleman um, on their promo this week. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, what kind of car would you give? I mean, Roddy, listen, I see Roddy actually like is a legit like jock fucking muscle car kind of guy. No, Roddy's going to be bland. So it's going to be like a Toyota Camry or something like that. Like something that, you know, moderately priced. Great performance. Good year round. What kind Truth of car? Martini would, Truth Martini would have like the old shagging wagon, like the VW van. Window. Plenty of room to take your pants off. Yeah, no, your, no windows. No, no wrinkly pants in the Truth Mobile. Ooh, shots fired. Well, Will, we don't have a. We don't have three hours to debate that. Uh, Validity of uh, iron pants. Maybe that's why Jay Briscoe didn't get the world title sooner. He didn't iron his camo pants before he went out. Oh, that can't be right. Canadian cars. All right. Just trying to think what kind of. Ooh, that looks fancy. Brooklyn Motors. I was trying to look up uh, Canadian cars for uh, Kevin Steen to ride. To ride. Ooh, Conquest. Uh, they got this Conquest thing. It looks like a fucking uh, Humvee. There you go. They actually got some sporty looking fucking cars. Matt Taven would drive a souped up late 90s Honda Civic. Yeah. Why is that, Will? Why do you think he would do that? Because he's Derry, New Hampshire's own. <laughs> and it's kind of a... I, it was a missed opportunity that I, I never burned out at a stop sign when I, when I had my Honda Civic. Well, you know, 
that's why you're on this podcast, Will, and not doing something else in life. So, um, and I was thinking like Nigel could do it, like be driving an Aston Martin, maybe. So, I know SJ, sorry there, we kind of jacked up your question, we kind of reinvented it a little bit. Um, with, with that's, what, that's what we do, we're like Roddy Piper. Just when you think you've got the answers, I change the questions. Oh, God, Hot Rod, this guy is going on 10 years being gone. So, That's I think right. Ronda Rousey's carrying on his spirit. Yeah. Looks like she's having fun, though. So, I'm, I mean, no, you're not a big fan, but I'm glad that was just a one off for her appearance. So, um, but Will, let me, let me pull it up here. Oh, shit. SJ had another question. She wants to know. We have to recast the expendables with Ring of Honor roster members. Who are we picking? Um, all right. Well, for Bruce Willis, you got to find somebody that can't talk and has got dementia. Oh, wait. Sorry. That was kind of a love low. Yeah. I don't even think Bruce Willis. Oh, no. Bruce Willis was in at the end. He had a cameo at the end. Isn't he like in one of the second ones or something, maybe? I it's don't been a while, but I didn't think so. Maybe he is. I literally you thought Arnold, you got Dolph Lundgren, Jet Lee, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Terry Crews, Mickey Roar. I mean, I thought Terry literally, Cruz, yeah. I thought literally everybody was in that movie. Well, if they weren't in the first one, then they're in one of the however many sequels they got. I think they only got two, right? No, there's like four or five of them. Yeah, really? I need to rewatch those. I really, yeah. Well, yeah, looks like uh, Expendable 4 came out in this year. With Megan fucking Fox. Are you fucking kidding me? I. I What's your beef with Megan Fox? Not a fan. Her finger's like 14 feet long. <laughs> you know, size isn't everything, Tom. It's all about knowing how to use it. Yeah, that's what I keep telling myself, so. Wait, Expendables 4 came out. Hey. Yeah, well, whatever. All right, um, who are we booking? So, so first one, Sylvester Stallone. Hmm. Come on, so who's who, who, who's getting the team together? Who's leading the team? I'm gonna go with Chapa. Chapa is Stallone. With Arnold, I gotta go with Michael Elgin. Randy Couture, I'm gonna book is Kyle O'Reilly. Jet oh, Lee. you bring you you got to have a Jason Statham. So there's your uh, uh, there's Nigel. All right, yep, perfect. Jet Lee's gonna be played by Tadarius Thomas. 
Terry Crews is totally gotta be by I'm gonna go with Cedric. What's Mickey Rourke doing in that movie? Isn't he like a like an arms dealer or something? Oh shit, Tom, I don't remember. I don't remember either. I'm just going with the I would just I would I would just book all of Scum because obviously they're all expendable because they all disappeared after and it really hasn't affected the product at all. Ooh. Got him. Suck it, Cliff Compton. <laughs> I guess 50 cents in the new one. Yo, Fitty. All right. Get Richard I Troll. I'm going to go with the original cast here. Hold up here, Will. 2010, huh? We already got Arnold. We got Sly. Got Jet Lee. I don't care about Eric Roberts. No offense. Who are we booking is Steve Austin's character? Kevin Steen. Still. He does a stunner now and everything. He writes itself. Yeah, a lot of... Stone Cold is the only actor, but they've got... Uh, Nogueira, he's a former MMA guy. Obviously, Randy Couture, that was cool to see. I like that guy. Oh, and I never booked Dolph Lundgren's character. Um, He's the low-key genius. But he's been hit in the head a couple times. Is it Mike Mondo? Is Mike Mondo Dolph Lundgren? There we go. Yep. Yeah, that's our two thousand. That's our 2013 Ring of Honor uh, book as the Expendables. Who's in two? Because, I mean, isn't like Mel Gibson in like the second one? I didn't think so. But it's been a long time since I've watched the Expendables movies. Oh, yeah, it was nine years between three and four. These guys aren't getting any younger. Well, CG, I just started watching the new fucking Harry Potter. Well, of course, Chuck Norris is in it. JCVD's in it. Fucking Bruce Willis. Liam Hemsworth. Jesus fucking Christ. They must have done this for free. <laughs> I mean, just just financially, you know what I mean? Oh, they they do it for fun, and, and you know it's going to be a bunch of bunch of you know older dads that are like, oh, these are all the guys that were like my adolescence, Arnold and John Claude Van Damme and Arnold. Yeah, I'm sorry old. to pick. Sorry to pick on you, Bruce Willis, but you were one of my favorites. But you know he's all like fucked up, right? Yes. Yeah. I am aware. And just he's fucked up as you said. 
Didn't we argue last week of where you were wrong about uh, Die Hard being a Christmas movie, right? You know, you could say I was wrong, but I think the jury's out on that one. Well, I mean, you can you can dick into the archives here real quick, and uh, you can listen to me and former guest uh, Mr. MGB Graham's review of Die Hard uh, shared here on Visionaries Global Media. But, um, but we've got another question from our good friend Rob over at uh, the Unbooking the Territory as they are going through the the fantasticness that is Big Daddy versus Giant Haystacks. Haystacks, Wembley, a lot of people. 18 million people. That's a couple more than a Minnesota AW. Yeah, too bad in India that J.J. Rogue went to two weeks earlier and only had less than uh, half of what AEW had. And that's with all Pret Hart. So, Rob wants to know, because we talked public libraries in the last episode. Oh, excuse me. He wants to know, we're talking about it in pre-production. It was kind of like, I'm saying this because the goddamn... This pinned tweet setup had the best of intentions, but I had Rob's question, and now it I disappeared it. again. You got All it. All right, so... Oh, um, there it is. Got it? I got it. For Ring of Honor 2013 talents, who can stay silent in the library the longest? Who wins? And how... And when would the others be eliminated? Ricky Dozen versus Luthes in 1957 supposedly had 73 million viewers. All right. Um, silent competition in the library. Would so four, four corner survival in the library, Tom. I'm trying to book it backwards, but Kevin Steen wins for sure. But who's he facing? I feel like you've got to have Jay Lethal's got to be in that mix, right? Yeah. For some comedic relief, you can put in a Truth Martini. Yeah. Yeah, I figured Kevin Steen would be the, the comic relief. Because I feel like you need somebody. You, there's gonna. There's always one person, right? That just can't control themselves and they can't just shut the fuck up. They, they can't be quiet. That's yeah. You're right. It's definitely truth, Martini. They, they, they have to talk. 
Hmm. All right, so we got Kevin Steen, Jay Lethal, Truth Martini. Do, do, we, do we have put in a Mark Briscoe? Yeah. And is Mark the first one out? I feel like, unfortunately, Mark would probably be the first one out, yeah. He'd, you know, he'd pick up a book or whatever, get too excited. Yeah. <laughs> so he would lose without even getting popped by Kevin Steen, huh? He'd be having a big old knee slapper about, like, hey, you see, you read this clip for the big red dog? That's a funny dog. <laughs> oh, Will and Rob, I think we've got another $5,000 idea. Mark Briscoe reading Clifford the Big Red Dog. Or any children's book. How is this not a thing? I'm not, and listen, I know it's kind of a gimmick, but seriously. I mean, Tony Khan, what are you doing here? Give this guy the fucking, the reins. Tony Khan, you know, he's got other things to worry about. Like people talking about his wrinkled pants. It just bumps me out. Like, we've talked about it ad nauseum. That all he had to do was pretty much fork over money for the power bill and just let them keep doing what they were doing. Yeah. And now the only, the only person who actually has some kind of like an interesting story going on is Athena, which is great for her. Yeah, her and Billy Starks. Isn't there somebody else in that, too? Like, her minions? Yeah, I don't know who it is, though. I, have, I haven't watched a Ring of Honor episode in, uh, ever. <laughs> yeah, hashtag not my Ring of Honor. The only TK Ring of Honor I've watched was... Uh... Oh, no, I watched Supercard. And then I watched The Death Before Dishonor. In person. Oof. Who's this girl? Oh, Lexi Nair, whoever Lexi Nair is. Um, all right, back to Rob's question here, real quick. Um besides Mark Briscoe reading Clifford the Big Red Dog. So Truth Martini's out next. And I think he just picks up a cover of Cosmopolitan and just goes crazy in the library. Also eliminating himself. And then you go down to, to, to Jay Lethal and Kevin Steen. And they get down into a steering contest. And uh, <coughs> I say Kevin Steen starts picking his nose, flinks some booger at Jay Lethal, and wins the match. It's like a ugh. <laughs> yep. That's what's happening. You heard it here first, kids.
Yeah, Kevin Steen. You're 2023. Uh, silent or, you know, silent uh, library champion. Book it here. You're your first kids. You got any other ideas on there, Will? No, I'm so just kind of taken by the thought of Mark Briscoe reading to the youth of America, like like how the president goes around and like reads the books to the elementary kids or whatever, just having it be Mark Briscoe. Yeah. I mean, He'll go around to high schools and tell them how they should read Prime and Prejudice. Yeah. Mark Briscoe is a national fucking treasure. And well, last but never ever least, uh, we've got a, a question of dishonor here from our good friend, uh, the third member of this triumvirate, that is Ring of Honor Alvary. Good friend Brandon here. All right. Let's see here. Okay. You get Will Ospreay of today in 2013 Ring of Honor for two shows. Who is he wrestling? Okay, the first time I read it, I forgot the um, Will Ospreay of today part. Um, and then uh, his answers are, first I'd have him... Uh, First night with Mr. ROH, Roddy Strong, and have them kill it. Next night, I would have him and ECH steal the show. Um, I think 2013 Will Ospreay in 2013 ACH would be would have been awesome. Um, Will and Roddy Strong, and who knows? Maybe we'll get that match. We could. Um. If if Tony Khan doesn't fuck it up too bad, it's a big Man. ask. There's so many to pick from here. Will you got any? What's your first one? You got any? So my 2023 Will Osprey versus 2313 Ring of Honor. I think I, oh. I give it to Cedric Alexander Caprice Coleman for the first match. Wait, he's going to wrestle both of them? What a statement that would be, right? Will Ospreay saying, I'm so good I can beat. Yeah, but I don't want CNC jobbing out anymore than they already are. Well, they're not jobbing out anymore because they're done. Yeah. But shit. I think think for your your second night, Roderick's a good pick, but I think it's got to be Kevin Steen. Interesting. Um, I mean, Cedric alone versus the Billy Goat would be awesome. Um, but I'm gonna go night one, uh, Mr. Davy Richards. See, that's that's what we talked about, right? Like, you get the talent for so many days, like, there's so many not wrong answers, right? You could say Roger Strong one night. Davey Richards the other night. You could have him take on both the Wolves, right? Eddie Edwards on one night and Davey on the other. It's like there's 
Will Osprey, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, like, so yeah, Ky- many. Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly was my second pick. And it'd be interesting to see if those two ever matched up in New Japan. They must have, because, I mean, I'm sure they're in a, in a best of Super Junior tournament against each other. Right, there there had to have been a 12-man tag match. They were on opposite sides of the ring before. Well, I mean, I'm sure they went one-on-one. Let's ask the internet, Will. Because, I mean, Osprey would have been, like, in the 2015... Maybe not. First search. But I do see an update on Kyle O'Reilly's return to AEW from six hours ago. Oh, he's back? No. Oh, he was backstage, right? My bad. Starts auto playing stuff after sound mm. effect is done. <laughs> yeah, she's just been backstage. We'll be back sooner or later. What kind of fucking clickbait fucking bullshit is this? Fuck you, no, no smoke sport, cocksucker. You are blocked. Remove result. There we go. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go Kyle O'Reilly and fucking Will Ospreay. You know, I think Will Ospreay 2023 matches up pretty well with a, with Kyle O'Reilly, so. But, uh, Will, um, here real quick. Uh, I just want to shout out real quick before we take a quick break here. Obviously, all the great shows here on Visionaries Globe Media. Uh, I know my good friends, Mr. Uh, Brent and Bull, are on a little bit of a break. Uh, but rumor has it they may be on another vehicle here on Visionaries Global Media coming soon. Uh, obviously, shout out to all the guys at Fan from Ringside, uh, JCB, Zach, and Bill. Uh, good cop, bad cop is killing it. Um, you know, Chad and Diesel are back doing their view from the top of the goalpost. Po- goal uh, I definitely recommend watching those on YouTube. Those are always a lot of fun. Um, and the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup got a couple of uh, promoters coming on next week. Uh, so stay tuned for all that great action. But, uh, Enjoy all the great shows here at the Shining Wizards Network. And now Will and I will talk to you at the end of the break. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh. We cry. We interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling. And we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms. And we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. 
The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at The Broadcast. That's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T. And you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. We are back. Sorry for the delay in or uh, the calmness in the audio there. I had to reach over here to get my laptop, but make sure you are following all the great shows here on the Shining Wizards Network. Um, one of these days, Will and I will have our own ad, uh, but we'll get to that someday. But we've got a Ring of Honor TV episode, uh, 116, original air date, December 7th, 2013. 
So, Will, that would have been your second anniversary. God damn. Do you remember doing anything fun for your second anniversary? Were you guys not celebrating anniversaries at that point? I don't know if we were thinking about it back then, you know what I mean? But what we both would have still been in school. Yeah. Hard to imagine it was 10 years ago. But, um, obviously, if you are uh, a constant listener of uh, Ring of Honor Reverie, first of all, obviously, thank you. Uh, but second of all, obviously, you've got, you've heard all this before. Uh, but in the happenstance, you know, this is your first time watching or listening to Ring of Honor Reverie. Uh, you just stumbled on this on this random episode. Uh, we will go over um, TV. But real quick, it is uh, we are back at the Columbus Convention Center uh, for Pursuit Night 2. Uh, that Will and I had reviewed in full a couple weeks ago. Um, I know we kind of mentioned that in review. Listen, I really did enjoy this venue, at least. Yeah. Uh, it's a good-looking spot. You know, it definitely kind of reminded me, like, the first time, uh, or, like, anytime you see, like, those convention centers, like, I'm assuming you guys have, like, county fairs and state fairs in New Hampshire, obviously, right? They got, they, they've got the... Uh... The big one, at least around here, is the Deerfield Fair. Okay. And we also have, it's in Mass, but Topsfield Fair. Ooh, that sounds fun. Where's Topsfield? Topsfield, Mass. It's just over the border. That's a big one. That A lot of people go to that one. Oh, it looks pretty. There's an animal sanctuary. I I couldn't tell you the last time I personally went to a fair, but... I think I went to the state fair to see Lindsey Sterling this year. It's the first time I've been there in a while, though. Yeah, let's say that's right over... Yeah, you're not kidding. That's right over the border, right over there in 95. Huh. Looks like a nice town. Um, but yeah, listen, you know, you got those big convention centers in the fair halls and everything, so that's definitely where this one is. Uh, kind of reminds me, uh, where they had Blizzard Brawl this week, which is usually one of the bigger shows here in Wisconsin. You know, it's a big, uh, setup like that. Um, my good friends Matt and Adam run their, uh, promotion, Janesville Wrestling Alliance, out of something similar, so at the Rock County Convention Fair, so, you know, um, if you listen to any of my programs, obviously I'm a venue mark, uh, but we do have Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino. On the call, and uh, Carino says he may have a, a big uh, interview lined up for later tonight, but he can't confirm. Um, but like I said, you know, if you want to go back and listen, but I will do kind of a quick uh, overview of TV, and I do have some extra notes here. But Will, first one we have was Outlaw Inc. versus American Wolves. Uh, I really had a good time with the Code of Honor. Those two kind of being a, uh, you know, Eddie and Homicide kind of showing out, and Davey kind of almost cracking a smile. And uh, we had mentioned this before, but uh, three out of four former Ring of Honor world champions have won match, which is pretty rad. And now, actually, with yeah. you know Eddie Kingston being the current champ, it's actually all four. So that is correct. Um, but we definitely need to uh, hashtag Mister Steve Carino on this. But uh, he's really trying to get his uh, hashtag stop the chop. Um, or, That's right, because Eddie Edwards chops would be banned. Um, Eddie Edwards and Roger Strong, no chops. Yeah, I uh, 
that always cracks me up. So I wonder if you ever did stop the chop stickers or something like that. So, you know, and uh, Eddie's a master of psychology, definitely kind of fucking with, uh, with Davy Richards a little bit. Um, and it appears that Steve Carino uh, went to West Texas University uh, with Dick Murdoch. Um, I don't know if I would that admit that, but uh, they were in the sorority Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. And uh, Will, I will send you $20 sometime. Uh, do you know what that Lambda, Lambda reference is in reference to, by any chance? Is that uh, Revenge of the Nerds reference? Shit! All right, I well. didn't know that. I've never seen the movie, but I do know. Fuck. Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. I did not think you were going to get that. Oh, shit. I owe you 20 bucks, Will. Yeah. Put it on my tab. To... No, I'm a man of my word, so. Um, uh, but watching, obviously, Homicide, Davey Richards. I mean, if we got those two in the beginning. or uh, Homicide rules. Sometime. Would be fucking money. What do you mean, my laptop's running on reserve power? But, uh. But uh, if you go back into the Ring of Honor Reverie archives, we did do a watch-along uh, where Eddie Kingston was a pretty vicious heel uh, against Ring of Honor. Um, I wonder when he became this big hero. Because even last year when he came back against Steen, you know, he was, you know, people were stoked. So I wonder, obviously, when that switched. But, uh, you know, and uh, Steve Carino... Um, <laughs> You know, he's talking, he's like, well, because of homicide, I can't hear out of one of my ears. And because of me, he's got a big lump in one of his shoulders. So uh, it appears those two still, quote, unquote, have heat. And uh, they won't talk to each other backstage. I do love that. Um, obviously, Reed Dragon comes in to harass. Um, and we did get a three amigos by homicide. And uh, Steve Carino says that's a tribute to Chavo Guerrero. And then he's like, uh, senior. Senior. Um, for those that may not know, that is not correct. Um, but it's Carino just being a total asshole. Um, shout out to Chavo Guerrero. Obviously, we need our cat from Chavo Guerrero. Um, I always loved Homicide's Ace Crusher. Um, I wonder where the fuck they got the name for that move. I don't know. I always wonder shit like that. But uh, kind of a short match, but obviously, you know, it, it's TV. I think they pared it down a little bit from what we saw on uh, the original pay per view. Uh, but a lot of fun, uh, hard spots. Uh, but in the end, Kingston and Homicide combined for that top rope uh, bulldog. And uh, Damian Richards has been clean, pinned clean again. Um, Damian Richards has not had the best 2013. He really hasn't. Since he lost that world title, it's really been downhill from there. He's gotten a lot of clean pins. I mean, you know, obviously kayfabe style is because they're putting over the younger talent, but... Um, yeah, but Will, it looks like we are officially getting uh, Redragon versus Outlaw Inc. at the battle that is final. Um, so once again, like we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, they are playing stories towards final battle. I do like that um, for sure. And I know I mentioned this last time we covered this match, but goddamn homicide. That motherfucker needs to write a book or be on a podcast or something because that dude is just full of fucking personality. I am a big fan of homicide, you know, Personality-wise, so um, will like I, I kind of bullguarded most of that. Uh, do you have any additional notes on this match? It's just kind of a generalized note, not necessarily this match specifically. Although there was some examples, is I'm, I'm more aware of the commentary 
than I was when we watched it as Pursuit Night 2. And I don't know if it's, some of it is shopped in after the fact. And maybe that's why it doesn't stand out as much. Hmm. Because they make a lot of references to, to TV time and commercials and stuff like that on commentary and stuff like where they call it the Gringo Killer. And Steve Kratos like, I think that's me. Yeah. Yeah, because you think we would notice that like the first time around? So maybe. Interesting. Yeah, because I added a solid chunk of notes to my, my you know, um, I'm going to pull back the fourth wall here, but I obviously I just copy and paste my notes from when we originally watched this um, and add notes as I, as I rewatch. But I did rewatch this. Uh, twice like I normally did. I watched it at normal speed at work today and then double speeds for recording. So, um, but after that, Will, we do get a, a promo from our, uh, from your local resident, Mr. Matt Taven, uh, looking rather dapper, to be honest with you. Um, Derry, New Hampshire's own Matt Taven says he ain't scared of some Italian guy with a mohawk and a bum. a mohawk. You know, and, uh, honestly, kudos to Taven here. He really looks the part. And this promo, I don't know what it was. You know, I'm not trying to man crush on the guy or anything, but um, he's really coming to his own. You know, I mean, this reign has been nine months. Yeah, obviously, most of his wins are through chicanery and bullshit, but I mean, he's put on some fucking great man. But we're, we're, we're still getting the end result that we're supposed to get, right? Like, he's going through the story, and it's not just I have the belt for a long time. We're seeing more of a Matt, Matt Taven as like a three-dimensional person and not just like oh we'll take this plucky upstart and then, we'll, then he'll just be a heel because he's with with truth but it's like let him talk let him be Matt Taven yeah um you know this has been a really I mean obviously you know we're not fans of the whole hoopla hottie thing and the whole thing but I mean it, it works for him. I have been really impressed with Matt Taven on this run. You know? And he can go. Like I said, the matches he's 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 been letting go, he can go. Um you know, and, and at this point, I think he, he's broken the record. He is the at this time the current longest um you know TV champion in Ring of Honor history. Yes. He said by the time they get to New York, he'll have already broken that record. So, um, obviously, you know, the TV title has a limited history. Um, there was an initial run. Uh, I don't remember when. I suppose I could probably look that up. Uh, but, obviously, that was not only reenacted, obviously, 102 week, or 116 weeks ago. You know, because, you know, that's when they finally had the TV. But, well, let's look it up here. But uh, while I'm looking that up, Will, so we had another prompt or uh, – a promo segment, really. Um, kind of going over uh, Kevin Steen versus Michael Bennett's uh, new rivalry. Yeah, they roll the video package. They roll uh, the rundown, you know, the pride, the powerbomb, or not powerbombs, pile drivers. And they rip how, like, well, Steen's already lost the pile, because if you lose the stretcher match, you can no longer use the pile drive. Yeah. And Steen's already said, I've already gone without being able to use the pile driver. Yeah. 
He says that, uh, if I may be so lewd in this next statement I'm going to make, he says that uh, after he's finished with Bennett and he gets his hands on Maria, he's not going to do what other men would want to do with Maria. And my first thought was, I'm sure there's plenty of men who would want a pile driver with Maria. You know what I'm saying? But do we see it, Tom? Do you think that at final battle we see Maria take a package pile driver? I say yes. Um, they almost have to at this point, right? Like they've they've drawn it out so much, and he's come close so many times. I mean, they've been playing towards it. Um, now, now with this, will um, and real quick to get back. So I was actually wrong. So they did actually create this title in two thousand ten, and I know with the anticipation of TV coming up. Um, I thought there was a Ring of Honor title back in two thousand, like early, earlier than that. But obviously, this is the first secondary title since the Pure Championship. Uh, so they went four years where it was just the World Championship. But uh, Eddie Edwards is the first champ. So that's all I will say at this point. But uh, yeah, Matt Taven uh, at this point is the longest reigning. Re- I mean, it's I mean the belt's only been there for. Well, it's going on. It'll be th- actually. Why can't I do math all of a sudden? Four years. Yeah, January 20th, 2010. So, what are your thoughts on this impending stretcher match? I really like this promo. I thought they did a really good job kind of setting everything up. You know, this is something a little bit newer that Ring of Honor is doing. I I do like that. Um, I don't know, for some odd reason, I'm just bitter that Steen has not gotten his rematch yet. For that fucking world title. No, for sure hasn't. I think this this has potential match of the night. It could be. It has the potential to be match of the night. I think the crutch or the the clutch thing about the match is gonna be where on the card is it? Yeah. Cause I think that's what's gonna make or break this match. Like it's gonna be really good. I mean, those that you have three immensely talented performers with Steen, Maria, and Bennett. Yeah, but I I think if this gets a good match placement, this match is like over five stars. Whatever wow. you go, I think this could have. This could potentially be put in a spot in a card where it's going to suffer because it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like, do they do it too early? Do they do it too late? Is it like your pre-main event? Yeah, it's like... Because it's almost... You expect it to be a super violent, aggressive match, right? Because they've got to be tied to the stretcher. But at the same time, are you going to say that's billed higher than your tag team titles? Than your TV title? Not over the world title, obviously. I just hope they don't book it after the strap match with Silas and, and Mark. And we have that too, where it's like you have two very you have two object based gimmick matches. You know, because we've got uh, we've got Adrenaline Rush versus the Young Bucks, so that'd be kind of a I don't know. That's a good point. So it's it's interesting. This, I mean, that'll probably open the card. They 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 like to open with the tag team stuff. That's a hot fire fucking match. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. 
Um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, these two, you know, it, my bitterness aside that Kevin Steen's not getting, uh, you know, a title shot here. Uh, and I'm trying to, obviously, I know what happens here in the not too distant future. But, um, yeah, and like you said, I mean, these are three fucking professionals. Um, Korea's really good at it. Bennett's had a really super solid 13. You know, so hopefully they, they do this match right. So did this promo kind of get you any a little bit more excited about it? Because they kind of announced this the, stre- the stretcher part of it during Pursuit, but they kind of didn't. So this is where it's like official. So like this, I mean, so how, what's a stretcher? Basically what someone's got to be stretchered out or how, I mean. I think part of it, the deal is that you have, I think prior stretcher matches, you have to. Your opponent has to be incapacitated so that you can strap them into the stretcher and usually push them into the ambulance or whatever. Okay. Well, it's like a coffee. So the idea is like you can't just, like, you know, hold them on the stretcher and, like, push it somewhere. Like, they actually have to be, like, buckled in. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, a, a couple nice promos here going into final battle. Uh, but our, our next match and our technically our main event, uh, four corner survival. You know, we've got Michael Elgin, Jay Lethal, Roderick Strong, and Matt Taven. You Matt know. Taven with like six hoopla hotties. Yeah, I mean, uh, like uh, Kevin Kelly said, you know, the power must have went out of the strip club, so they're all available. Um, you know, I, I don't mean to pick on somebody for being. I don't know how to put it, but, you know, that lady tripping getting into the match was pretty bad. I mean, she she really screwed the pooch on that ring entrance. But, you know, see Carino talking how Matt Taven's getting every time he gets a kiss from somebody who's got an STD. Um, asking if he's got that Magic Johnson money. I was like, oof. That's a, that's a reference from the past, so. Will you remember I think it was earlier from this, but when Carino made the comment about scum, about like everybody involved was like out. He's like, I wasn't really paying attention. Because he had a court case he was winning. <laughs> um, yeah, and then real quick uh, before the start of the match. What's that? Oh, he's calling um, the move the invader. He's like, why am I getting contacted by HR about that? <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, but before the match starts, we do get a quick uh, Red Dragon promo. Yep, they're not going to get caught without the latest accessories. And not having the tag titles is so last year. Yeah, and they're this not Jake Crew <laughs> with their their Burberry sweaters, and I, I know what they're trying to go there for. But Kyle O'Reilly, love you in the ring. Just let Bobby Fish do the talking. Um, but yeah, they're like, oh, you know, see uh, next because obviously next week uh, the main event, you know, like we covered previously, um, you know, is going to be CNC Wrestle Factory versus Redragon. Uh, so we're looking forward to rewatching that match, kind of, but uh. 
Uh, but after that, you know, so the Lucha Libre rules, four corner, or basically four corner survival, but with Lucha Libre rules. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't mean to be this guy because I've got a full head of hair. But goddamn, that bald spot on the back of fucking Elgin's head. Nah. That motherfucker should just shave his head. He'd be menacing looking as a fucking bald guy. Yeah, he kind of was, right? Because he did that more recently. Yeah. Um, you know, but this is basically the Lucha Libre rules. Um, you know, and like we talked about earlier, Michael Elgin's the only non-champ, uh, former champ in the ring, obviously for now. And uh, Michael El- or uh, Carino's a little, a little geographically challenged here. Um, I think he takes his geography classes in either New Jersey or Idaho, uh, but saying that Mexico is in South America, uh, that is not correct. I didn't yeah. notice that. You know, um, but uh, you know, they're talking. You know, there's there's not a lot on the line. See, they did they really did a good job because sometimes they have these throwaway matches for no apparent reason. Uh, but Carino and Kevin Kelly did a really good job here, saying, "Hey, it's there's nothing on the line here except for pride." And then, you know, Carino pipes in, and more importantly, momentum. Um, you're going into your biggest show of the year. Obviously, Elgin's got a big match. Uh, Taven's got a big match. I don't think we have anything for Lethal or Strong yet. Maybe they're going to wrestle each other. Um, I totally forgot Roger Strong was the fourth guy in this match. Oh, man, he fucking killed it in this match. He's uh, so good, but he just doesn't. <laughs> uh, he was the first entrant, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it, Will. We don't want to get any more hot mail from Rob on on his uh, um, his defense of Roddy Strong's personality and everything. So, um, you know, and then uh, oh yeah, they had the one comment where Skylar Scarless the least sleazy of the uh, the Hoopla hottie. So, um, obviously, these girls are probably you know trained wrestlers or whatever it is. Um, but you can totally tell that Scarlett knows what she's doing compared to everybody else. She actually really Scarlett, did... Scarlett and um Casey Ray. Silesia or whatever. I the the strong Canadian one. <laughs> yeah. Well she wasn't she wasn't there for this one. Oh shit, you're right, she wasn't. The the Casey Ray lady is uh yeah as covered earlier is uh a student with Matt Taven. Yeah. From Chaotic Wrestle. Yeah, and four other girls. But, uh, you know, Scarlett, I mean, she she really stood out here as an actual star. And obviously, she becomes a star. You know, she's a... That's because she's the only one with the, the, the license to be at ringside. That's true. Um, but obviously, the Lucha Libre rules get thrown out of the window pretty earlier. Um I did like the spot where she distracts Jay Lethal and then Taven dra- drags Lethal through her legs. Um, there's at one point where Taven tagged himself in and Jay Lethal turns around, not realizing that he's been tagged in, and he just jumped Taven, thinking that he was, you know, trying to jump Lethal. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, you know, Elgin does his typical delayed suplex, but then Roddy comes in and kicks him in the stomach, and Elgin just no sells it. He was just a fucking beast. I mean, oh, that's all I'm gonna say. That. Um, yeah, I mean, this match is good. I mean, they they go over the rules because it's like it's not a tag or whatever. They talked about how there was a coin flip to decide entry, 
and it's like, oh, well, they won the coin toss. They want to go in early because they want to be in the match to get the win. Yeah. Um, once again, we get to the, we get the Pauly Shore chance, uh, which is kind of ironic because actually I just watched uh, Pauly Shore uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I forgot that his uh, Pauly Shore's parents were the ones that opened the Laugh Factory in L.A., but that's a whole other thing. So, uh, really good episode, though. Uh, but at one point, speaking of Roddy, uh, all three guys are laying in the corner, and he just lays in some fucking knees on everybody. He goes to one corner, lays a knee, goes to the other corner. Uh, they did a second round when everyone hits the ground and does the fucking, you know, knee to the head. Um, all in the span of about, I mean, he hit three guys twice in probably a span of, what, 10 seconds? You know, and Carino, as always, just compliments Roddy on his explosiveness, and he really fucking showed it here. Right. Roderick Strong, you know, has brought up, like, the, the, the switching gears, the slowing stuff down, the speeding stuff up. Like, it's unmatched. He's so fucking good. Because he's not winded. Like, he bumps the pace. He's never winded. You know, he's never red in the face. He's never, like, catching his breath. Immaculate conditioning. Yeah, like, you see him do that, and he's barely even fucking sweating. It's it's it's, it's utterly redog, so. Big fan just of Roddy Strong's in-ring work here, so. Um. You know, and then in the end, uh, Jay Lethal goes up for uh, Hail to the King. Uh, he's going to hit it on uh, a down Roddy Strong, but uh, he sees Matt Taven laying on a table, and then he goes for it and just knocks Taven out with a Hail to the King. Um, at first, I thought when I first watched it that he cracked his head on the apron and he was shoot hurt, um, but I watched it in slow motion, which was fucking hilarious, by the way. Um, yeah. He did, yeah, he got him clean. Breaking the magic. Tom watching wrestling on slow motion. He wants to see exactly what they did. I did, actually, yeah. Because I was was a little worried. I mean, because obviously, uh, you know, that apron is is the hardest part of the ring. Uh, Shout out to Kyle and the Apron Bump Up podcast. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to crack your head on the side of that ring, that would not be good. But, nope, he he didn't. So, you know, no matter all your heat with Jay Lethal, I don't want him to get hurt in real life, so. Um, I've got no major ill will to Jay Lethal. He just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Makes sense. Uh, we're gonna get a lot of Jay Lethal, though. I mean, he's gonna have. Oh, I know. Well, I know. <laughs> um, we'll skip that though. Um, yeah, and then the end. You know, obviously with those two, with Taven and Jay Lethal, uh, playing their very good role of being out in the ring. We get uh you, you know Roger Strong versus Michael Elgin. And obviously, when we started this podcast, they were they were stable mates, and then they were bitter enemies. And uh, obviously, these two have got great chemistry. Um, I, I did love the line, you know, Roddy hits the sick kick on Elgin, and uh, Carino's like, well, fuck, he, you know, the sick kick. That's what won him the championship against Tyler Black, you know. And then uh, Ke- and uh, or no, Kevin Kelly said that, and Carino's like, well, you know what? Michael Elgin ain't no Tyler Black. And uh, that's saying something, obviously, if you're not too familiar with... He's uh, not wrong. What's that? He's not wrong. No, no. They're in, in a lot of ways. Um, some good, some bad. But obviously, Tyler Black is now portrayed as um, Mr. Seth Rollins on uh, the WWE product. Um, quite possibly. Um, I know... 
I've been meaning to ask this, and I know this is technically not a Ring of Honor. Oh, this is a Ring of Honor podcast, but um, can Seth Rollins be called probably the most complete wrestler we've seen in our generation? Did you say the most elite wrestler? Complete. Complete? He's got everything. And then some. I mean... Maybe I'm just biased. I don't know. I know he's he's got to be up there. I mean, he's still good at everything he does. And I don't even watch WWE, so no, you might have to start though. I mean, it's not like AEW or Ring of Honor or New Japan are worth watching. No, New Japan's totally worth watching. That's all I watch. World Tag League's going on, Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Desperado, whatever. That was Super Junior Tag League. Oh, Francis for the big boys. Yeah. That's what Kingdom's coming up in a couple weeks, Will. Come on. Yeah. Might be the last time we see Okada in a New Japan ring for a while, so. Um, I hope he doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) But uh, I almost want him to go to Impact more than anything else, just to have kind of like the retribution tour. I don't know. I, think I, still think, I just don't think Okada's going to feel like a big deal if he goes to WWE. Yeah. Who knows? I don't even think... I don't think AJ, really, when he first went in, felt like as big of a deal as he should have. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. maybe things will be different now that Trips is the one, kind of calling the shots, pushing the buttons, dotting the T's, crossing the I's, you know? AJ Styles appeared in Wrestle Kingdom and WrestleMania in the same year. The motherfucker appeared in Wrestle Kingdom and the Royal Rumble in the same fucking month. I don't think it'll ever happen again. They don't want none. No. Um, well, we'll talk about Okada in the WWE in, in a future time, but obviously in the end here, Roddy and, and Elgin exchange much, but, uh, you know, Elgin, uh, he hits that back fist, you know, uh, into the buckle bomb, into the power bomb, and then, uh, actually, at one point, Roddy did a nice reversal on the power bombs, but, uh, Michael Elgin gets the momentum, gets the win, you know, this wasn't for any stakes, but he's got the momentum going into, into, uh, final bat, the final, uh, final of the battles, um, yep, and he's going to need it because he's in that triple threat match, so he doesn't even need to be involved for the outcome of the match. And, uh, you know, and we've, uh, Will and I obviously have harped on this, you know, re-watching matches that for pay-per-views that we already watched. Um, but it does get, like, I mean, both both of these matches were, I enjoyed more on the second time watching on TV. You know, maybe it's just because I had a 50-minute thing to watch as opposed to two and a half hours. So I could sit down and kind of enjoy it a little bit more. Um, obviously, it helped I already had my notes and everything, but I really like both these matches. I really did. Pursuit was a good show. Yeah, overall. We're going to uh, see more of it next week. Yeah, and and we talked about this last week, too, and I, I like they're not doing the matches, quote-unquote, in order like they've done before. They're kind of switching things up because this uh, – what happened next uh, at the end here actually had happened earlier in the evening. Uh, but before we get to see Carino's interview of uh, Jay Briscoe, Jay, we miss you. 
Um, we get a nice Adam Cole promo. Um, dude is just fucking great as a goddamn heel. He's dressed to the fucking nines. I really like the line. He's like, you know, everyone's, you know, questioning my, my personality switch, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm balanced as ever. He's like, I've got a chip on both shoulders. Um, you know, he says, you know, as long as he's in the company, Michael L won't be number two. And uh, at the end of the day, Jay Briscoe's lost his fucking mind because he's just creating his own goddamn titles. Um, I love this promo. Uh, but did, real quick, though, Will, I don't know if you caught this or not, but uh, Adam Cole said that someone's going to be at Final Bad at, at, in the at, uh, audience that he respects. Um, do you have any idea who that is? What else in reference to? Nope. I don't know if it's because, you know, Steve Green's going to be there or anything, but did you catch that at all, or am I just making shit up? I didn't catch that. That doesn't mean that wasn't there. <laughs> all right. Um, but our final segment, listen, we only got two matches, so something a little bit different here on TV. Um, we'll get Jay Briscoe and Steve Carino. And uh, this went on a little longer than I had remembered uh, watching. I thought, like, they shot at each other after, like, 15 seconds, but uh, it went back and forth a little bit, but... Uh, obviously, you know, it gets heated pretty quickly, and uh, Jay tells Carino to take those glasses off because he's about to get his ass beat, and then uh, Jay gets in Carino's face, and here comes Silas, you know, comes out and jumps Jay. Um, he's about to hit him with his belt when Mark comes out, and uh, those two battle back and forth, and then uh, Jay gets into it with Carino. Um, he's back at the table, and then out comes Adam Cole. Um, but Jay stops a mud hole in him, but Elgin comes in, back as Jay. Uh, he's about to buckle bomb Cole. Uh, but or Cole super kicks Elgin, belts Jay, and uh, in the end, uh, Adam Cole standing strong with both belts in his hands. So, um, how'd you feel about this ending promo, Will? Yeah, my, my, my feelings remain unchanged. I mean, they're they got to try to make Elgin look like he has a chance, right? Yeah, but by you know, the typical wrestling logic, right? If you stand tall leading into it, you're probably not going to win. You think, uh, who do you think, um, as we are recording in two weeks, uh, who do you think is going to be the champion? So, without have I haven't seen Final Battle, so I think... The way it's gearing up, I think Adam Cole retains. I think so, too. I mean, you know if he does or not, but... I don't, actually. Okay. Because El- El- it's so weird with Elgin, right? Where like they, It's like they primed it up so much for him to be the guy. And now it's like they're not pulling the trigger on him. So it's like maybe they saw some stuff... Before everything kind of went to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who know? I I do know who Adam Cole loses the title to eventually. Um, unfortunately, I do know the result of one match that's going to go on. Uh, but it's not this one. So, um, I guess we'll see. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. I I think they've done a really good job of kind of actually building up the final battle for a change. So it's something kind of fresh for Ring of Honor. That we haven't really gotten lately. 
you know, and this was, and I believe, I mean, this is the last taping until, you know, and we talked about it during the show, the pursuit. I mean, obviously we, we didn't realize the time, but it's the last, you know, those are all the last matches before final battle. So. Yeah, we got Adrenaline Rush versus the Young Bucks. We got Mark and Silas in a strap match. We got Bennett and Steen in a stretcher match. We've got Outlaw Inc. and Redragon and then Triple Threat. So, I mean, you have to have Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards in there somewhere, I imagine. So. Well, then we'll spoiler for next week when we get to that part, but, you know, it's like, how does Jimmy Jacobs factor, factor into a final battle? Because he said he wants to be on the card. Oh. And there's no spots for him. Do you think we get Crano and Jimmy Jacobs? They forget, they forgive, but they never forget, Tom. True. So, I guess we'll find out, so. Um, yeah, I mean, thanks for, for bearing with us. I know, obviously, if you're a dedicated Ring of Honor rivalry, we've already covered these, but I'll try to give some, some fresh perspectives. Um, overall, we'll, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like I said, we always ask it this time. Well, I shouldn't say we always ask it. Sometimes we forget. Um, by we, I mean me. Uh, you know, if this is my first episode of Ring of Honor TV, I would be intrigued. Um, they've done, they've, they've, they've hooked me a little bit. I don't know if I would buy Final Battle at this point, but I would definitely pay attention. You know, I'd probably tune in to, to see what goes on in the future here. But, um, you know, and even if this was not my first list, it was kind of nice watching these these matches, not having to cram, you know, three hours into an hour and a half to make notes and everything. So I really enjoyed this 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 TV, even though it's matches, you know. But we got some, we did get a little bit of new stuff. But, I mean, the matches and promo we already saw. But uh, what were your thoughts, Will? Pretty much the same. Like, if. Like, this would, I feel like this kind of program would be enticing to see more. And it is nice that they're kind of, like, I know stuff is being kind of solidified for Final Battle, but now there's, like, graphics, and it's like, this is going to be Final Battle. The card's going to be good. I mean, the pay-per-views, you know, to kind of quote numerous sources now, you know, your AEW and your Ring of Honor now, the pay-per-view is going to be really good. It's what they do afterwards. Yeah. You know, and we will, uh, I, I do have somebody booked. Um, hopefully that comes through. Obviously life, life happens and everything, but we do have a guest joining us for that episode. Uh, that should be really fun. But uh, yeah, I, I'm for the first time in, in, a, in a long time, I'm pretty stoked for final battle. You know, they've, they've definitely piqued my interest here. So. You know, I, I wish Kevin Steen was getting another title shot, but I, you know, I understand uh, why they may be doing that, and we'll kind of discuss that off air a little bit here. But uh, when does uh, when does he go to the E? See, that's what I was gonna say. I think because he goes, pretty sure it's to like all of 2014. I mean, he's debuting on Raw by fall of 2015. I think he's only in NXT for like nine months. So I wonder, obviously, you know, with his, his former enemy slash tag partner, uh, El Generico, already there, um, if they had been in talks with him before that. So I was kind of thinking, you know, I was trying not to break down the fourth wall too much, but, you know, that's I could definitely see that being a reason. 
he debuts on TV in August. Well, yeah, well, yeah, he signed in WWE to August 2014. Shit, yeah, his roster debuts May of 15, so. What did he it does feel like they, they dropped the ball with him, though, coming off that title reign. That, like, right there was never, like, a real, like, rematch or anything like that. It was just kind of like, all right, we're moving on to somebody else. Evan Owens shook WWE Universal and NXT return. I was actually in the building. I was at War Games. Also, that's right, because Kevin Steen was an NXT champion too, right? Yes, he beat Sami Zayn. Yeah, because he took that belt to, to Raw and battled Cena, right? Yeah, he... Uh... He came out to the open challenge. He beat Cena and he stomped on the U.S. title. Yeah. Yeah. So August, I mean, he's not much longer for Ring of Honor. So yeah, I wonder if if that's why. But oh well. You know. So, but will uh, you got anything? You're gonna pull his train here into the station. I'm gonna go hang out with my wife and watch her play the Zelda while I'm reading my book. Uh, before. Just the usual stuff for me, as always. Thank you to Visionaries Global Media. Thank you to the Shining Wizards Network. Thank you to our wives. And thank you to Tom. Thanks, Will. Thanks to you. And thanks to our devoted listeners. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. We appreciate you sending in questions. You know, we, we do our best to answer them at the best of our ability. You know, We knock some of them out of the park. And some of them, you know, maybe we're, you know, every time I pull the pin tweet and the, the fire marshal question comes up, I'm like, I'm just like, what, what is, what do I, I don't know. <laughs> but I'll never forget it. Yeah, that is, uh, that is definitely a Hall of Fame question. But yeah, you know, tell all your friends, you know, the more the merrier. Um, you know, the more, you know, questions that we sit in, we'll, uh, we'll do our best. Um and, you know, we appreciate everybody. You know, we're 102 episodes in. Uh, it's hard to fucking imagine, but uh, Will stuck with me this long. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I got a good feeling. I think 2014 is going to be a, go- a good year. I know a couple things that happened. Um, yeah, but I think we're definitely going to start seeing more of what we saw now um, as Ring of Honor goes on. So hopefully, you know. I thought, of course, I thought that going into 2013, but it took a while, but it got there, you know, so a little scum detour, but yeah. But yeah, thanks to you to Will. I said without you, I'd be talking to myself every week. And, you know, if you ever heard any of my solo episodes, you know, that didn't go very fucking well. So, uh, shout out to oh, my back. You know, there's some nights you probably might as well just be by yourself, Tom. I'm really not that good. Of, I don't, I don't, uh, contribute. Well, that's bullshit. If I didn't think you contributed, Will, I wouldn't have you on the podcast. So now I'm going to edit that part out because I do whatever I want. But, Will, I'll see you next week, my friend. We will see you next week. Get your questions in. All right. Thanks, High Fivers. Talk to everybody next week. This has been a Visionaries Global Media Production.
Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.